All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. Today is episode 46. I'm happy to be here today, happy to share a great show, great episode with you today. Uh, On the show, we have Jeff Tellman, who is the owner of the Red Pepper in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and this has been a Grand Forks institution since the 1960s, and it has an interesting story on how his family got involved with the business. Before we dive into the interview, I want to take a moment and invite you to come on the show. If you have a family recipe or a favorite food memory, I want to hear about it. In the next week or two, I'm going to do an episode with some of my favorite food memories and recipes to kind of let you know what I'm looking for. And if you if that resonates with you and you have something there that that you want to share, you can email me at toastykettle at gmail.com to learn more. With that out of the way, here's Jeff. Let's go ahead. We can dive right in. I'll have you start by introducing yourself. All right. Uh, my name is Jeff Tellman, and I am the owner of the Red Pepper Taco Shop in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about the Red Pepper and what, how a taco shop ended up in North Dakota. <laughs> well, that's a great question. Um, and, and how we became a taco shop that's known for its grinder sandwiches, I guess, is yeah. probably the bigger question. But um, the, the Red Pepper originally opened in 1961 by a gentleman named Gordon Nelson. And um, it was actually modeled after another taco shop down the road in Fargo, North Dakota, that was opened by uh, Gordon's brother-in-law. And I, I guess as the story goes, he, he witnessed his brother-in-law enjoy some success in Fargo, and he tried to emulate that up the road in, in Grand Forks. And he opened the Red Pepper. Awesome. So uh, I would imagine he was somewhat successful as well when he opened up. You know, and um, the early, the earliest years of the Red Pepper are a little bit, I guess, foggy to me. Um, but my understanding is the Red Pepper was well-received from the beginning um, and, and enjoyed success over the years. Um, and I'm not sure how long Mr. Nelson owned the, the red pepper. Um, but in the, in the first 10 to 12 years that, that the red pepper was in existence, um, it was sold a couple of times and, um, it was actually sold twice to university of North Dakota college students who at the time just kind of used it as their college job. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of funny to me, but, um, so that, that, those are the original, I guess the, the, the early years of the pepper. So tell me, I, I got a kick out of this from reading online. Uh, tell me how it ended up in your family. Well, um, I guess as the story goes, my, my mom and dad were both, um, they both worked at the local newspaper. My dad was a, um, a sports writer and my mom, um, did, I think copy editing and a little bit of journalism, a little bit of writing. Um, 
And my dad had always wanted to have a business of his own and kind of follow in his father's footsteps. Um, and it was just kind of a matter of what to do and where to do it and how to do it. Um, and eventually the red pepper, he, he became aware that the red pepper was up for sale because the current owner was graduating from college and was going to get on with his life. <laughs> um, and so my dad had to drive by the red pepper every day to get to his job at the Grand Forks Herald. And he could not drive by without stopping in and, and having a taco or a grinder. Um, so when, when he, when he saw that the red pepper was available for sale, um, he decided this was his, this was his spot and, um, it made his move and ended up purchasing the business. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I would imagine he got it, he, he got it for a pretty good price if it was coming from a college student, but, uh, <laughs> now when, when he took over and, and started in the business, had he ever been in the restaurant business before? What kind of inspired that change? You know, not at all. I think uh, most of his experience was uh, was being a being a customer at restaurants and bars <laughs> over the years. Um, but like I said, he had, he had witnessed his dad growing up. His dad was a manager of a drugstore in Bismarck, North Dakota, and um, as most kids do, he looked up to his father and admired what he did and just kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps. Um, his, his training, his, his education was, was in journalism. Um, but he was just kind of a pretty street smart guy. And, um, and I guess after, as the story goes, after he, he bought the place, um, he said, well, all this place really needs is a little bit of an adult leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so as being a college kid myself, uh, one, one day in my life, uh, or at a time in my life, um, you know, work isn't always your, your main focus when you're in college. Right. Um, so with, with owners being college students, it was kind of, it was, it was treated as such. And I guess nobody really kind of took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was just a way, you know, and it, it has apartments above it. So the owners were living upstairs and it was a free place to live. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was paying the bills and it was just kind of treated as such. Um, when my parents bought it, they had, um, had a, a child of their own and, and another one on the way. And they ended up leaving the Grand Forks Herald. My mom left, uh, on her own, uh, my dad was asked to leave, <laughs> which uh, is a polite way of saying he was fired from the from the paper. Um, and so this was all they had, and they took it seriously, and um, it kind of started to grow from there. Yeah, I I kind of like that story there, where I you know anyone who's been in a college town knows that college students are trying to make a buck here and there and and you've been in businesses like that where it's it's almost like a one giant party instead of actual focused you know like you said adult supervision adult leadership in the business so i'd imagine that that was quite the change for the business itself uh to really take off and really grow to just have a little bit of <laughs> focus a little bit of maturity brought into it and then it can grow from there yeah and you know i think i think the uh the 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 college kid running it 
type of deal worked for the era that it was, you know, that, that they were in, um, mm-hmm. you know, mid to late sixties and early seventies. Um, I think it fit the red pepper just perfectly and kind of gave it its character, um, that, that we've kind of held on to over the years. Um, there's just something about the red pepper that's a little bit different than, than every other place you go to. Um, you know, from, from it being situated in a, in a residential neighborhood, um, to the appearance, to the kind of unique menu. And it just has, there's something unique about it that has made it stand apart and, and be successful over the years. Yeah, that's something. So I I live in the Salt Lake area, and that's something that I've been noticing as I've been driving around, walking around the neighborhood. You know, it, it does have a different feel where you'll be walking around, you'll see house, 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 restaurant, and and that is like you're saying, that is a very interesting vibe for a restaurant to be. It's it's in a place, in a location you wouldn't necessarily expect, but I think that adds to the charm. You know. You know, and it does, and that's kind of one thing that that I think the Grand Forks has kind of lost over the years through city planning is they there's you know they just want it to be residential here and business here mm-hmm. and you know a bar here and it uh, Grand Forks unfortunately has maybe lost a little bit of its charm over the years, um, but I'm not a city planner and uh, I'm just a taco maker. <laughs> And uh, I'll let them do our, their job, and I'll I'll do mine. <laughs> that, yep, that's all we can do, right? <laughs> and are you saying that you have been to Grand Forks, or are you just talking I, about walking around Salt Lake? Yeah, just walking around Salt Lake. Um, I mean, obviously okay. you have the downtown area where it's it's very business focused, but you get out into the the outskirts there in some of the neighborhoods, and and you'll experience that where you'll have you know, house, 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 and then a restaurant, house, 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 barbershop, house, you know, it, it's, I, yeah. I've never experienced that before personally. And I think that's, you know, a lot of the cities and places I've lived, it's exactly how you describe where they've segmented the landscape where you have uh, the business zone here, you have the residential zone here, and they don't really mix. Yeah. And so when, when my wife and I are traveling or in different cities and we find places like that that are uh, off the beaten path or unique, those are the places that we gravitate to. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So when your dad took over, um, did he make any changes to the restaurant immediately to the menu or to, you know, outside of maybe how things were run? You know, not really. Um, yeah. The kind of the charm of the pepper, or some of the charm, is that it doesn't seem to change, or it's never seemed to change. So, if you haven't been to the pepper for ten, twenty, even up to you know forty, fifty years, you'll walk in and you'll feel like you're walking in fifty years ago or twenty years ago, um, and it it tends to take people right back to their last memories or their formative memories, their childhood or um, their high school years or their college days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that we've always been very kind of aware of is that um, we don't want to change what the, what the red pepper is. It's kind of a, if it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix that type of deal. Right. Um, so, so there were no real changes made to the, to the menu. Um, 
and you know, not really, I guess. Um, yeah, not especially not in my dad's day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess one of the kind of one of his bigger challenges in the early years was um, kind of reining in the uh, rough and tumbleness of the red pepper. Um, being a late night place that's full of college students, um, <laughs> it was somewhat prone to uh, a physical altercation here and there um, mm-hmm. at the end of the night. So um, I guess that was kind of the hallmark of the red pepper in the, in the early years was um, it was definitely a place you could go if you were um, looking for a fight or, or wanting to watch a fight. Um, so they kind of had to rein that in a little bit and um, kind of make it a little more civilized. Um, we are still a late night place who, um, and we're still in a college town. So we still do see our fair amount of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think in the early years, it was, it was a lot rougher than it is today. Uh, I guess I'll say that. Right. So if, if there was one change that was made, it was that would probably be the biggest change. Um, we just kind of tried to tone that down a little bit. Right. So with a restaurant that doesn't change much, right? We've all walked into those restaurants where nothing's been touched in, in 20 years and, and it's dated and it shows in the food and the, the staff and the decor, how has the pepper managed to stay relevant and continue to thrive without much change? You know, um, first of all, part, part of, I think the, uh, Oh, where do I, how do I say this? Well, um, let me think here. You know, part part of what what the red pepper has going for it is is its location and being in a college town, and we're actually pretty close to a high school also. So we have people who you know might might have grown up in our neighborhood. You end up going to the high school down the block. Uh, you may end up going to UND, and you may end up moving on. Um, you may stay in Grand Forks, or you might move on. Um, you know to parts unknown across the country. Um, but it, it ends up being a generational place where people um, bring, bring their kids back to. And then pretty mm-hmm. soon their kids are coming to UND and they know, you know, all of a sudden it was a part of their childhood. And so they, they bring, you know, they end up coming to the Red Pepper and bringing their friends here. And it, it just kind of, it just has that kind of cycle to it. Um, and it just ends up, I guess, the best, way I could describe it as kind of being generational. It just gets passed on over the years. Um, and one thing that we really have going for us is our location. Mm-hmm. Um, being, being located between the university and the downtown bars, um, we, get, we get people going out at night, stopping in, and we, it's not uncommon to see those same faces on their way home at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, and... And I, I don't know what it is, but uh, there's something about the red pepper that tastes a little bit better after a night on the town. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is, um, but you know it, it's a combination 
a combination of a lot of factors that that I guess have kept us relevant over the years. Um, and it's something that we're aware of. Um, we try not to be complacent, um, and we've, we've we've tried to kind of keep our uniqueness and our edge over the years, mm-hmm. which uh, which can be a challenge when you're expanding into new markets and what have you. And um, but that's what we've tried to do is kind of keep our edge and our uniqueness over the years. And so far, it's worked well for us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So having seen a lot of generations go through, uh, you know, a couple generations go through and, and you yourself being uh, involved with the business, um, you know, with with your father and now on to you. Um, have you seen or any stories that stand out through the years of any interesting stories or crazy stories that that you can recall? You know, um, <laughs> uh, not, not especially. Um, I guess the one, it's not even much of a story, but uh, a, a rumor that, uh, that held on throughout the years was um, that, that there was always a part, or there always has been apartments above the red pepper. And mm-hmm. for years, the rumor was that there was a, shall we say, a house of ill repute um, Mm -hmm. above the red pepper. Uh, So, and it bothered me when I was younger, and I basically came to the realization, what are you going to do about it? Um, Wasn't necessarily true. Um, I think it may have kind of stemmed from there being red curtains on the the windows above the pepper, (laughs) and people just kind of let their imaginations go. Um, So... But there, there are no, I guess, specific or crazy stories that that have uh, that stand out to me. Unfortunately, over the years, um, or, or or ones that I'd be willing to discuss in, <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> no, I'd imagine. I'd imagine it's one of those things where you see a lot, you hear a lot, being involved with it, and like you said, uh, just the location and and what it lends itself to in, in terms of college town and, and college kids. And um, so I want to circle back to the food and talk about the food for a minute, because I think that also is something that's quite unique. Like you said, a, a taco place that's famous for their grinder sandwiches. Tell me a little bit about the food and what I can expect from coming in uh, to the red pepper today. You know, um, we we have tried to stay true over the years to fresh, homemade quality food. Um, for for years, I kind of wrestled with trying to figure out what it was about the pepper that made it popular and successful, and something that had the staying power that it did. And um, that kind of held me back for for a period of time, as far as um, actually taking the step to to expand the restaurant or move into new locations um and i finally came to the realization that it is the food there's a lot of different factors but if you don't have the product you don't have anything um and i've seen many many people over the years um eat red pepper for the first time Mm -hmm. and they all have kind of that same reaction they might not know what they're getting into they might be a little skeptical of it um, and then they take a bite and their eyes light up 
and they smile and they nod their head and they're like, yep, this is good. Um, and so I finally came to the realization that it is the food, that we do have something pretty special with what we have. Um, and the other, the other thing about our food is that it is simple. Um, we, we have a, probably 15 or different or 15 or 20 different menu items. Um, but they're all made with the same four or five ingredients and it's meat or taco meat, lettuce, hot sauce, and cheese, whether that's a hard shell taco, a soft shell, a beef tostada, a taco burger. Um, it all, it's all those four same ingredients put on a shell the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for some reason it just works. And, um, that that simplicity has uh, just has worked over the years, um, and once again, so it's kind of one of those deals where if it's not if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. So I'd imagine with you know simplicity, a lot of people might think, "Well, I can I can do that. I can throw some I, I can throw some taco meat into a shell at home." Like, but for me, what I think would differentiate that would be the sauce that goes on and again from researching it seems that the red pepper is known and famous for a couple different types of sauce you have the you know chip sauce and then you have this white sauce and every place i've ever been to that has a white sauce that you have to kind of you know ask for uh that's secret but not so secret uh it's been incredible so tell me a little bit about the sauces Ah, the white sauce. <laughs> um, our two main sauces are our red sauce and our white sauce. Um, the red sauce is the hot sauce that we put on tacos and tostadas. Um, and the white sauce is kind of the grinder sauce, but people get it on everything. And I guess I tell people that it, that it makes everything better. Um, it makes every one of our items on the menu better. And it will make your pizza better at home. It'll make your broccoli taste better. If you put white sauce on anything, it'll make it better. Um, But the thing about our sauces is they are embarrassingly simple. Um, So people have, they write us all the time or email us or ask us in person, you know, and they want to know if, if they have the recipe right. Um, And, you know, these days with the internet and, um, you know, it's it's the worst kept secret in town these days, but <laughs> it, it it's still it's still pretty hard to replicate, and most people can't replicate it at home, um, mm-hmm. and and most people's recipes are way too complicated, um, <laughs> so it's um, it, it, like I said, it, it's embarrassingly our sauces are embarrassingly simple, um, but there's just something about them that work. And when you put the white sauce and the hot sauce together on something, they just work together and, and they make, they just make, if it's a taco or a tostada or a grinder, they just make it better. Um, And um, I guess some things you don't have to figure out why they work. You just need to know that they do work. Um, But it's, it's incredible how popular our white sauce is. Um, and it's, it probably should be credited for, uh, one of being one of the biggest factors of our success over the years. And, um, it doesn't matter if it's a, 
um, if it's a construction worker or a, a banker coming in or a doctor or a frat boy or a college or a high school, or, you know, a, a sorority girl, um, everybody seems to like the white sauce. And, um, and like I said, there's some things you don't have to try to figure out why. You just need to recognize that they work and, and stick with it. Yeah, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that anytime I'm in a place that has a white sauce like that, uh, it anything that I order quickly becomes a vehicle for how much of this sauce can I get into my mouth without looking awkward. So yeah. I definitely I I can relate to that. Um, well, I've really I've really appreciated the conversation. I've I've appreciated the the time today. I want to end with one one last thing that stood out. Uh, to me, tell me about not having forks that, that I thought that was fun and and interesting. And I, I, I'm sure there's a story behind that. Yeah. You know, um, the, the no forks thing has gotten more complicated over the years. Um, and, and it's, it was really kind of practicality is where it came from. Um, basically you know, being for starters, spoons work better for our food. Um, if, if you're going to use a utensil to eat our food, I mean, I guess your fingers work the best. Well, what we have is finger food. You should be able to pick up what we serve and enjoy it. Um, but some people do like to use utensils. And if you were going to use a utensil, um, traditionally, the spoon worked the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, in recent years taken to calling it a Mexican chopstick. Um, because, um, it, it cuts a a tostada and it allows you to scoop it and eat it. Um, and, um, and the, the trouble with forks is people try to cut their food with it. Um, and the, the, the tines end up breaking off in your food, um, which is to most people undesirable. Um, but being a late night place, um, I think it was just determined early on that if, if college kids are here eating food at the end of the night, after a long night at the bar, um, having broken fork tines in their food probably wasn't the best, uh, formula for longevity of your business. Right. Um, so one, it started out kind of with, with practicality, um, and it just was a, a functionality thing also. And at some point, someone put on our, you know, one of the, some employee put a sticker on our, on our spoon bin, um, just because customers asked all the time, do we have forks? <laughs> and the answer was always no, seriously, we have no forks. Um, so they, we ended up putting a, that sticker on, on our spoon bin and it just kind of became a thing after that. Um, in more recent years, we've added salads to our to our menu, and that has complicated the spoon fork relationship in our in our <laughs> business. And um, what started out as something that was kind of quirky and fun, um, kind of started to make some people angry <laughs> when <laughs> when you would order a, a seven dollar taco salad um, to enjoy with your girlfriend at lunch. And you ask for a fork and we say, no, we only have spoons. Um, but I eat uh, taco salad almost every day for lunch and I do it with a spoon. 
and it is doable. It might not be the way you normally eat your salad, <laughs> um, but but you can still cut your salad and uh, and shovel it in just the same with a spoon. And uh, so while it's gotten more complicated in recent years, we have pretty much made the decision that we're going to stick with plastic spoons. And um, if you don't think you can eat a taco salad with a, with a spoon, we have plenty of other items on the menu that you don't need a fork to eat. So we're, we're sticking with spoons and, and staying away from forks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if you go to the red pepper, it's, it's BYOF, bring your own fork, right? And, and, and people definitely do that also. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time today. Where can people find out more about you guys? You know, you can always go to redpepper.com if you want to learn more about the red pepper. Um, We do ship our food uh, across the country. Um, We overnight our food nationwide. Uh, We've recently partnered with Gold Belly, which is a a company that ships uh, unique kind of local... Um, popular restaurant food around the country. Um, it's a new relationship we have with them, and things have been going amazingly well. Um, so you can find us at redpepper.com. You can find us at goldbelly.com. Um, and uh, I would say that's it. Obviously, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> everywhere yeah. else, but uh, redpepper.com. I love that. I've I've definitely been I've definitely been poking around uh, Gold Belly to you know very very interested in that white sauce. Let's let's just say that. So right <laughs> I will on. definitely you know, be checking that out. Right on. I appreciate it. Take care. Special thanks to Jeff for coming on the show today. I love the conversation and I love the focus on simplicity. And the red pepper is popular not because it's doing something overly complex. And that's what makes it so amazing. Now, I was able to actually try my very own grinder kit. And this kit includes bread, cheese, lettuce, white sauce, chip sauce, deli meat, and taco meat. And as I mentioned during the interview, I'm a sucker for white sauce. If someone says they have a white sauce that they're known for, or if I find out that they're known for a white sauce, or if I find out they have white sauce anywhere on their premises... I'm going to go a little crazy and I always just whatever I can to get as much of that stuff in my mouth. And this white sauce did not disappoint. It kind of had a a sweet but mustardy but smoky flavor to it and I really enjoyed all of those flavors together. Uh, worked really well on the grinder. I can totally see why they use it on the grinder, but I also couldn't stop myself from dipping chips into it, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, So make sure you check the show notes on how you can order your own grinder kit or your own package of white sauce from the red pepper. If you like what you heard make sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's really going to help grow the show. Now, I love reading the reviews and I love getting feedback. Thank you all so much. It's so refreshing to see such a positive reception to the show. So if you like what you hear, let me know. 
I, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can also connect with the Pass Through Food by following me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Toasty Kettle. And that's where I post all of my vintage recipes that I find from these amazing cookbooks from the 1800s, the 1700s, as well as our podcast episodes. So make sure you don't miss out. Until next week.